0: Grand rising, everyone. Welcome, welcome to The Daily Huddle. My name is Chase Steelgrade, Gray, your host for today. And as always, I'm excited to be here because we are inserting concepts into minds, getting together with ones we love, and just, you know, beginning the day the best possible way that we can. What is better than that? I do not know.
1: The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work, and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality,
0: communication, and relationships. Welcome to the Daily Huddle. Grand Rising, once again, welcome to the Daily Huddle. My name is Chase Steele Gray. Every now and then we bring back people that we love, people that we think are great and have some great insight. And it's no different today as we welcome back a good friend of mine, Mr. James Crosby. But if you did not see him when he was here before, I'm going to read a little bit about him. So you just get a little taste of who this man is. And I will say many times in our life, we come across some amazing individuals, but how many people have you met that designed their life to revolve around music and animals? Currently holding an associates of liberal arts in mass communications from Medgar Everts College, bachelor's of music and jazz studies from City College in New York, and finishing up a bachelor's of science in English equestrian studies and equine business management from the University of Findlay. This young man is in a class of his own while obtaining a lengthy educational resume. Our guest today loves cars, cooking, staying fit, even a verified recording artist on Apple Music and Spotify. Well, on the very day he came into this world, (laughs) <laughs> that's from before please welcome mr james Yeah, how you doing my brother i'm great good morning everybody how's everybody doing you know we're doing spectacular here that's what we do we do spectacular <laughs> i love to hear it you like that so you and i speak all the time of course you're one yeah. of my favorite people to talk to and uh we, we get a lot of stuff done this question how can music harmony help develop better harmony as a human race? Deep question can go really, really deep as far as the wellness of us all. You and I are both musicians, so we understand this, but unpack that for us a little bit. Maybe for some people who are not gelling with that connection, harmony in music and harmony for people in life. Well, the first thing we have to think about is
1: what is harmony correct you know in terms of music and how would we describe harmony just as civilians and when I say civilians I don't mean in a military sense but for people who are outside of the music world that don't know exactly what harmony is and That's usually how I describe people at the barn that don't ride horses. I call them civilians. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to think of how would you describe harmony in a a musical way? And how would you describe harmony in layman's terms? So, and I want to just put out a disclaimer. When I talk about the topic today, I'm going to be using a lot of music terms. But I'm going to use them in a way where you'll be able to get what I'm talking about without having a collegiate music education like Chase and I. So when we're talking about harmony in a musical sense, we're talking about all the rules and guidelines that make up music which make it sound beautiful. So things like diatonic harmony or chord progressions or scales. Mm -hmm. And we use chords and scales and progressions to make things sound good. Now, somebody might have a very... Simple understanding of harmony, while others they might take it to the level where their understanding of harmony is so advanced that it's really technical, but they make it sound so beautiful. Now, don't get me wrong, both of these levels of harmony sound good, but there's still like varying levels of complexity. So that's what I mean when I talk about a musical sense of harmony. Now, if we're talking about harmony as a human race, that's just little things like getting along with each other, being able to relate to one another without conflict. And being able to accomplish things in a very simplistic and loving way where we're not tearing each other down. So now that we've established a definition, a concrete definition that we as a group here on this daily huddle can go together with in terms of a definition for musical harmony, And for harmony as a human race, I think it's time that we just hit a few points on how we can connect the two. How we can connect our definition of musical harmony to our human or civilian sense of harmony. So the first thing that I will say is everybody's concept of harmony is different. And one way that I realized that is when I came to the University of Finley. Even though I came here to ride horses, I was still blessed to find a place where I could still play bass guitar. So, coming up in church, you know, playing bass and singing. I have I've came up in the Pentecostal church. I've come up in the Black church. So coming up in the Black church, the kind of harmony that you hear in our songs is very complex and really rooted in jazz. So you're going to hear very complex harmony with a lot of secondary dominance and a lot of two-five progressions a lot of tritones and that kind of thing. However, when I first came out here and it was Sunday, I knew that I had to find myself in church. So that's what I did. I went to the nearest church that was close by campus. It was called the Gateway Church. And it was really different from what I was expecting. The musicians were great, you know. They were given the best that they can, and not to bring them down or anything, but everything was very mellow, everything was very somber, and they were they had a really simple sense of harmony. It wasn't like what I was used to. It was a lot of primary chords and a lot of open cadences. I mean, closed cadences, there were no open cadences, nothing was left to surprise. No altered dominance or anything like that. It was very simple. And then when I started to join the campus ministry and I started playing with them. And I started doing all this stuff on my base. They were amazed because it was light years ahead of what anybody else was doing. So. When I tried to make suggestions like, hey, guys, can we do this? You know, not to be a know-it-all or anything. I was just trying to extend my concept of harmony. And I was just trying to relate to them, like where I was coming from. But out here, they're not used to what I'm used to. Their concept of harmony is stuff like Hillsong and Ben Rector. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but maybe you do. But um, their, their version of Harmony was very simple. And for a while, I was really frustrated. Because I felt like I wasn't being heard. And I just, at one point, I just didn't feel like playing with them for a while because I had to... I felt like I had to dumb myself down. I felt like I had to limit my capacity as a musician to be in the same space as them. And I'm not going to lie, that hurt. It really hurt. Not to say that I was higher than them in any way, but I just felt like. I was being ignored. So, with that being said, the first step is you have to realize everybody's concept of harmony is different. And not everybody is going to have the same views as you. So, with the second, the second aspect that we're going to talk about is not being offended. So, being in this scenario, It's not anything against you. If somebody doesn't speak the same language as you musically or emotionally, that's okay. Because like I said, I'm coming from Brooklyn, New York. I'm coming from the Black church. I'm in, like I said, I'm at the University of Finley. I'm in Findlay, Ohio. And I doubt Nobody here has heard of guys like John P. Key, Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammett. I'm just coming from a totally different school of music, musicianship. Mm-hmm. So. After a while, I realized I couldn't take it personally because. They didn't grow up the same way as me and I didn't grow up the same way as them. So they just came from a school where everything is just a little bit simpler. Their language of how they play music is much simpler. And I have to remember, and Chase, you probably agree with me on this, it's really hard to forget that not everybody has a bachelor's in music. Like when I was in music school, I'd really be going on the train, I'd be going home, you know, really. Really sad that, you know, I really messed up that walking baseline bass line. And I was like, you know what? Man, I bet that guy on the train, you know, like, with the book bag on his back, he could probably play two fives better than me. But then you got to remember, not everybody is a musician major. Not everybody is a music major. So, coming out here, I had to remember, not everybody has the same, skill of, same set of skills as me.
0: And not everybody is going to do things as complex as me out here. I want to, for one second, sorry to interrupt you. Um, Way back when you were talking or a little bit back when you were talking about the two levels, the person who's coming in at a high level and the person who's playing a more rudimentary basic thing. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, how do I ask this? Who benefits more in a given situation? The person who's at a higher level, who wants to be patient and learn, or learn how to connect with the person who's not at their level, or the person who's not at the level who wants to learn from the person who's at the higher level. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's two different ways of looking at. As human beings, we see people who are highly adept at something, but it takes somebody who's hungry to learn that to not be angry or upset at that person or oh, they're just, you know, they're just a show off or whatever when inside they really want to have more knowledge. What do you feel is the middle area or who who benefits more in that situation?
1: I would say I benefited more. Okay. Just because in this very situation, the music director, he wasn't really trying to incorporate any of this stuff. He wasn't willing to learn Mm. any of what I was willing to offer. Mm. Not because he just didn't care, but because his agenda was getting more students involved in this activity. And he wanted to keep it simple so that, you know, the repertoire, he wanted to keep the repertoire simple so that it didn't intimidate, you know, non musicians, right. students who are trying to come in to this part of campus. So because of that, he felt like he couldn't bring in the amount of complexity that I was wanting to offer. So, with that being said, I feel like I was able to learn more because from a mental standpoint, I realized
0: that if I wanted to be a part of this, I had to come down. See, that's the part I want to stop you at right there. That's what I'm saying right there. So, when we're talking about interaction between two people, let's take the music away for it for a second. Mm. We're out on the street or we're in a seminar or we're in a restaurant, whatever the case may be. And we've all been in this situation, right? Mm. This to me is so crucial in, in our forward motion and the way that we connect with people, which becomes our good, our bad health in the end, holding in stuff or letting stuff out. If you know something very well, And you come upon somebody who has gone a certain area or a certain distance without that knowledge. Yeah. You said, I didn't think you were going to say, I had to come down. But that is interesting because you're going to a place of higher learning. So, my obvious question is okay, so what did you take from a situation that you knowingly felt you had to come down? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the point. That's what I, I, I'm trying to figure that out. Mm. What was the gift? How did you take, uh, come away from, Was it more patience? Was it more, uh, being able to compartmentalize and just take in any little details that maybe you might not have gotten because the whole part or the higher part you feel like you've gotten. And I think this mm. is a great life lesson because, When we are, like I said, um, confronted with someone who's the know-it-all or does know a lot more than us, that thing that we have to do to kind of listen, one of the best qualities a human can have and one of the lowest percentage that most people have, that listening, right? Let me just listen. Maybe this person has something that I can take from this. How do you deal with that? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? The question is to make it succinct, you went to a place of higher learning. Yes. When you got there, you felt that people were at a lower level. What did you take from it? How did you exit that with something in your backpack?
1: Well, for one, I would say that it did humble me. Ah. Not that I'm saying I went in there with a swell head. Like, if anything, I would say that I went in, you know, ready to impart knowledge. Okay. I wasn't going to force it, you know? So after, you know, four years of being in a conservatory, of playing with people that could play circles around me, you know, being this big fish in the small pond. Now I realized that I had to make a way for others to swim around me.
0: Yeah. You know, I I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to make sure that we have time for some people to ask any questions that they have, because this is a deep conversation that, especially you and I as musicians, my goodness, there's a lot of ways to go with this. I just want to make sure anyone has any questions because you and I can open this up at another time. But if there's anyone that would like to ask a question, please do so at this time just to see. And if not, we'll continue on. Um, You know, I think that it's the reason why this, this, this conversation is interesting to me is because it's a really deep. What we're talking about is really deep based on the fact that music has the connection to it. That's why when you said in the, in the beginning, like you're going to use some terms that people might not know. In a sense, those terms that they don't know may be blurry for them in this conversation. But I feel like succinctly, if we went and just put it into a canal, it's what how do we um, how do we move around others that may have something to teach us, when we think we know it already? Right? When how can you how quiet can you be in any given situation when you're faced with someone who is a, oh, I'm sorry. Sorelle. Sorell has a question. My my apologies. Go right ahead.
2: Good morning, James. It's great to see you again. Uh, is it true that today's your birthday? It is. I turned
1: 27 <laughs> today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Happy birthday and thank you for being here on. On such a special day in your life,
1: I appreciate it, sir. It's, it's an honor.
2: Yeah, thank you for being here. You, you, you know, I'm listening to the conversation, and you said something in the context of harmony. There's something about music that's available to anyone who will uh, embrace it, take it, play with it, practice it, and all that. So, music, whether it's uh, You know, two simple chords, C or G, or Mm -hmm. the symphony, uh, the the symphony, right? Yeah. It's just there. It doesn't qualify itself as the symphony is better than the, the two simple chords, right? Yeah. And so when I heard you say, I'm now a big fish in a small pond, I thought to myself, symphony versus two chords, is there such a thing really as a big fish in a small pond or even a small pond or a big pond when it comes to the harmony you're talking about? So um, it, it landed with me and I said, wow, maybe that in and of itself is the source of disharmony, that I could be a big fish anywhere.
1: It is true because I would say that even though I'm coming in with this musical knowledge at a school that doesn't really have a big jazz conservatory, I will admit that when I did start at City College, I was just coming with, you know, a few years of just playing bass in church. And I was coming into this conservatory, you know, just right in the middle of Harlem with a lot of guys who could literally play circles around me, make me dizzy. That's how good they are. And I'm not just talking about guys from around the way. I'm talking about international students from like, Greece and Taiwan and you know India, Japan, like Kansas. <laughs> um, and I would say that there I was like a little fish in a big pot. you know, it's it's really the same as an MBA uh, an NBA player. Like when you're in the league, You know, you're just coming in, you're like a role player dropping like maybe 10 points a game. And then there's LeBron who's dropping like 30 every night. But you take that same NBA player who's dropping like 10 points a game, you bring them overseas. And they're dropping 40 every night all of a sudden. That's really how I felt when I got here in the most humble way possible. But that's the best way that I can describe it. So, yes, it is possible to be a big fish anywhere. But it is also good to remember that once upon a time, that big fish who's in that little pond, he was a small fish in a little, in a big pond.
2: And how is all that related to harmony for the human race? Because
1: it's all about the knowledge and the language and being a product of your environment. Because when we're young, everything that we're taught comes from our parents and the people we're around. And that's how we relate to the people around us. Everything that's taught to us when we're young. So Our ideology, like whether it be like religion, you know, like what we identify as and anything else under the sun that we believe, it comes from being that small fish in this big pond, this big community. So as we grow older, and we accumulate all this information and all this knowledge from the environment that we're born into and we go somewhere else where they might have where they might not have the same resources and they might have less than us that's where the harmony comes in because they're coming from a whole different school from you, a whole different way of life. And you're choosing to go there and you have to find a way to relate to them, to relate to this new way of life that you've never heard of before. So that's where the harmony comes in so that you become more comfortable being in this new pond thank you James.
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) it's deep man you're a deep brother your speech is slow today you're really like digging into this concept which is interesting uh let me see if we have any more questions we're about to be out of time uh thank you for that question sarrell um anyone else no i I didn't want to miss anyone
2: So there's
0: there's, there's someone with
1: oh, most knowledge. Cece, come on hey. in. Hey. I just want to acknowledge the conversation and thank you so much for being so transparent and and insightful, as well as happy birthday
0: to who's that, James? James. Yes. Thank you. And I pass. Thank excellent. you so much. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Cyril, I'm sorry, you were saying something.
2: Yeah, I was saying, uh, Mr. Michael Crosby's
0: in the room. Oh, that's my dad. I believe you should acknowledge him. (laughs) Yes, sir, Mr. Michael Crosby. A fine man, a wonderful, wonderful man. I've met him before. Thank you for being here, Mr. Crosby, and creating this amazing gentleman that we speak to and we love.
1: Good morning, Chase, and thank you
0: so very much. Good morning, James. Happy birthday to you. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> great to hear you, man. Wow, that's great. You should come back more often. We'd love to hear your <laughs> voice here. Please give my regards to your wife. Yes, I will. That's our show for today. I am Chase Deal Gray with Sorel Quitton and Mr. Giovanni. Thank you, James. Happy Born Day to you. You are an exceptional human being. We appreciate you. And watch out for other people who might not be so careful today. <laughs> Have a great one. The
2: Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give up your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stressless. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love, most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals Seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time.